Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what we feel every first-time cruiser should know. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, agent consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Hendricks. Hi, everyone. Client services manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hello. Chief Executive Officer of Dreams Unlimited Travel, Peter Werner. How are you? And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Again, welcome, everybody. Thank you guys for being here. Um, Thank you for welcoming me into my house. (laughs) You're you're very welcome into your own house. Um, We oftentimes, uh, when we're trying to think of what we want to talk about on a show and what we feel we want to cover, we try to look back at what the things we get as questions from our clients or potential clients. And a lot of it comes from our first-time cruisers. Right. They're confused about what they need to do, when they need to do it. Um, they want to make sure that they're doing everything right. A lot of the stuff that we can cover is actually regardless of the cruise line you choose. This isn't specifically Disney Cruise Line or Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. We may throw in something specific to that cruise line, but we think this information is important for anybody, especially the first-time cruiser out there. So we hope you get something out of it. So we're approaching this from the point at which you've already made your decision. I've booked my cruise. I know when I'm going to go. I went through Dreams Unlimited Travel. My deposit's in. Now what? So, Tracy, what do you think is the first thing people should think about after they book their trip? I think after the cruise is booked, you have to start thinking about how you're going to get to the cruise. So flights, it may be true because you're booking a cruise um, usually farther out than you are a typical vacation. So it may be too early to book your flights, but you want to start thinking about what that's going to look like. So when are you going to arrive to port? What time should you arrive? When should you, what time should you book your flight home? You can These only book your things. flights 330 days from the end of your trip. Yes. Yes, and sometimes, even though you can book your flight that far in advance, you don't want to. I mean, it could be much closer to your sale date before the prices, you know, their sales or promotions. Um, But you want to start thinking about what that part of the trip looks like. So, you know, for example, we recommend all the time, if possible, fly in the night before your cruise starts. Uh, Flying in the day of is a risky proposition. Um, You know, there's so much, especially if you're coming from a colder climate area where weather could be a concern. But honestly, anywhere you're coming from, we're travel happen. agent and didn't take our own advice on our cruise cruise. <laughs> and we got to that airport as they were closing the door. And this isn't just, you know, could could be not just weather related. This could be anything. Right. Could make that just so that you're not arriving in time for your cruise and nothing will ruin your vacation more than. In my flight down here, done. we were delayed an hour because the crew was trying to get through customs. I mean, it can be anything and it doesn't take a lot. We were so. in the middle of summer and we were delayed because of horrible thunderstorms. Right. Yeah. So just think about what that's going to look like. If you do decide that you're going to fly in the day of, try to get as early of a flight as Absolutely. possible. Um, you know, people ask, what time can I board the ship? Um, you know, I would say that varies throughout the afternoon, but when we're talking the part about the flight, assume early. I would not want a flight arriving on cruise day that was scheduled to arrive any later than 11 or 12 o'clock. Well, not only that, that would be absolute latest for me. If anything, if there's going to be delays at all through the day, the earlier your flight, the less delays right, you're exactly. likely to have because a delay will start to back other flights up. That's right. And sometimes if your plane's we, coming from elsewhere. Yeah, say, sometimes we look for is our uh, flight originating there is the plane already there right because that's a big thing as well yeah. too well it also matters it also matters what airport you're flying oh, out of because sure. you know if you're flying out of a major metropolitan airport like you know just newark uh jfk 
uh, even Atlanta, which is probably one of the better uh, one of the better airports. Uh, it's the uh, Newark in particular is just notorious. If you're not getting the first flight out in the morning, right, um, you are going to be delayed. It's only a question of by right. how long, right? Yep. So we're recommending. Make sure your flight gets here no later than 11. I, I would say noon at the absolute uh, outside, but I would even pushing, pushing that. I would say 11, ideally the night before. Come in the night uh, before. Yeah. It really is a good idea. Plus, you know, if you think about it, nothing is worse on a travel day than, you know, you get into, you know, you get into where you're going and then you've got to, you know, get to the port. You've mm-hmm. got to go through embarkation. That is a a stressful, hectic day. And that's not how you want to start your vacation. Build that extra day in. Uh, If you're you're sailing out of Port Canaveral, there are a lot of great options for hotels Mm -hmm. uh, in the area. You can spend the night. You can spend the night at the MCO Hyatt, the airport Hyatt Hotel. And there's so many that have transportation. There's so many options for transportation to the port where you don't have to rent a car. So there are a lot of options. There. And then when you're doing you do, your – sorry, go ahead. You do pre-nights through the cruise line. Mm-hmm. If you look at the cruise line, they might have a preferred hotel where they're running their transfers from. Right. So that's an option And as well. then for your flight home, you want to – like people will see that – well, the, it says the ship is going to be in by 7 or 7.30. I'm going to book my flight at 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Never. No. So the ship – it does have that arrival time. And usually the ship will be there sooner than that. But there's the whole, um, you know, the ship has to clear customs if there's any delay in that. Uh, there's a number of things that happen. And, yeah, weather can... Uh, yeah, a number of things. So, fog, I apologize yeah. for interrupting you. Uh, last year there was a ship that was out for a couple of hours because uh, Port Canaveral got fogged in. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So anything can happen. So again, going out, like I know at a Port Canaveral, Disney recommends, I think now, it changes a little bit here and there, but 12 or 12.30 or later. It depends on how far you know, your port is from the airport. And there's a number of factors to consider. If I was sailing from Port Canaveral, I would really recommend 1231 o'clock. Um, it's about an hour drive. I would say later than that. Yeah. Too. And, and then, then the flip side of Pete's arrival day, the last thing you want is your departure day to be stressful too, because right. it thinks that you got to get off the stupid boat yeah. and they, you know, make you leave. How dare they? But now you don't want it to be, oh, I'm rushing to get and to the flight. A lot of people they come home and they have a day to that day to get home because they have to go back to work. And think about transfers as well. So people are, this is one of the things that often my cruise clients are most surprised about that. The cruise line is not going to pick them up and take them to the ship automatically. Mm. So know that you have to think about transportation. Cruise lines do offer a transfer option. It's a per-person pay. Sometimes, depending on how many you are, it doesn't make sense to use it. You could financially be better maybe with a private car or depending on how close port is to the airport, a taxi. But transportation to and from the ship is a consideration. And so you'll want to talk to your agent about what is best in your particular case. For example, Disney Cruise Line will pick up either at the airport or at a Disney hotel, Disney-owned hotel or resort. So if you decided to come in the night before, stay at a Disney resort for the night, the transportation will pick you up there. Um, but keep in mind, you cannot choose your time. Right. So people will often be upset, and you won't know your time until the night before. It's not even like we know it in advance, because they're doing, it depends on how many people, how many resorts. So you could get picked up, and they could still have four more resorts to go. You may not get picked up till 11 or 12 o'clock. So if you want to arrive early at port, Disney transportation from a resort may not be your best bet. But again, these are things that your agent can help you with. So my goal is not to give you all your different transportation options at this point. It's more about saying transfers is something you have to consider. Right. All right, so we've got you booked. You've picked your flight. 
You know when you're coming in. You know what you're doing the night before and after. What are the things you want to tell your clients about getting ready for your cruise? I think another consideration is gratuities. People are very confused by gratuities and how that all works and what it means and who gets them. Most cruise lines now are doing kind of an automatic gratuity where they have a per night per person charge. I'll use Disney as the example, but all cruise lines have it. The amount might vary. So Disney is $12 per person per night of cruise. And yes, this is everybody. This is your 10-month-old. This is your 5-year-old. This is grandma. Everybody, they will charge $12 per person per night. This is added to your stateroom account. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means later. Or you can elect to prepay it in advance as part of your reservation. So who's covered by the gratuities? So this would be your stateroom attendant. This is your dining team. And it's all device. So that $12, there's kind of a smaller calculation from there. What you need to know is $12. So if you're a family of three, $36 a night is going to cost you for gratuities. And then Disney will help on board and they or whatever cruise line, and they divvy it out amongst these people. There's kind of a set amount for each person. Um, and that covers all of those gratuities. Those are your automatics. Other gratuities you can expect, um, whom I think is spa. If you're tipping the spa, maybe when you're ordering um, drinks from a bar or a lounge, there'll be an automatic gratuity on that. So those are separate from your prepaid. And that's an important auto. thing. That's an important thing to point out because I think something happens to a lot of first-time cruisers is they don't realize that uh, on a lot of cruise lines, when you're drinking at the bar, for example, and they hand you your check and you see a line for tip. Right. What you may not, what you may miss, is that an auto gratuity, gratuity has already been added in. Yes, and it's like eighteen percent. It's an eighteen percent gratuity. gratuity. Now and I can tell you when you buy a refillable mug gratuities. on cruise ships, the gratuity has is on the mug when you buy it. So you know when you go to the bar and you add your have your refillable mug filled up. A gratuity is not necessary unless somebody's doing something yeah. unusually out of the way for you. Right. Also, porters, the people who hand you your luggage, yes. that's not included. You might want to slip them a couple bucks. And also keep in mind the porters are not employed mm-hmm. by the cruise line. They right. are union jobs that are contracted by the port itself. Right. So, um, But I do notice that, and I'm not going to be specific, certain cruise lines – have much better porter service yes. than other cruise lines. I think the server, the porters that uh, service the Disney cruise ships are amazing. I think they have. I, I imagine they have higher standards that they have to um, ab- abide by. Clearly, they. It's it's a different level of service. It's ridiculous. It's night and day. And you know what's funny about that? A number of years. It's been a, a bit since we were on a Disney cruise. We did the Fam last year you still recognize some of the same porters. Mm. And so you know if they're staying that long, there's value on both ends. Do you remember Bob had a guy, I don't even remember his name, but before you would go on a cruise, Bob would call you every day for three weeks. (laughs) Ask for for Steve, ask for Steve, ask for Steve. (laughs) Um, Also not included is uh, if you order room service. Right. uh, You might want to give them a gratuity. We We talk about... Tracy's going to talk about your room account versus cash, and this is one of the places where you might want to use cash right. to now, dip them. Some cruise line, there's a recent 
announcement came out that a cruise line is going to start charging for room service. There's going to be a flat fee per order. Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean is now, unless you're in a suite or above, Royal Caribbean is going to charge you seven ninety five for each order. Other cruise line. There's already other cruise lines that have been doing that. I, I would think not, that's becoming the industry standard. I would now. not be surprised that Disney falls in line. Disney may or may not. I know some of the others, like Celebrity, uh, Norwegian. Norwegian's been doing it for a while. They kind of slipped it in quietly. I know Royal Caribbean got a lot of heat about it. If the rest of them are they're doing it, you can, given yeah. the price difference on Disney, that's the only they thing really I'm have. They're going to have a hard sell on that. I mean, it doesn't. It's not going to stop them from doing it. Would but. you would you tip if you're being charged for room service? The chances are that if you're t- uh, being charged for it, there's already a gratuity to add it to it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And in terms of gratuity, let me just say this too. Um, you got to remember these guys on these ships are working 16-hour days, seven days straight. Right. They get very little time off. Um, so why, I may get annoyed with some of the auto gratuity. I kind of keep that in mind. They're not being paid minimum wage. That is why mm-hmm. these ships are flagged in every country but the United States. Right. It has to abide by the labor laws of the country in which it's flagged. So you, you will have a hard time finding. I think there's only one that I know of. Pride of America, a Norwegian, uh, is an American-flagged vessel because it sails only in the Hawaiian Islands. So it has to abide by all American labor laws. So everybody's got to be paid minimum wage. However, we found the service level on that ship was much less. We didn't think the service was as good as when they're flagged someplace else where people are working for your gratuity. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is when you have people who are um, working to send money home to their families, I think the commitment level is higher than if you have college students working for the summer. Uh, you know, I'm going to say – this may get me in trouble. I'm just going to say something. I just think the general work ethic of a 21-year-old from Romania is a lot better than the work ethic of a 21-year-old from New York. Sometimes it's th- opportunity. What yeah. do you, what is someone yeah. giving and you I think, opportunity? And it's, and it's history, and and it, I think it, it's definitely a different level. One thing I want to say about gratuities, if you're with a cruise line that has beverage packages or dining packages, there isn't uh, usually an 18% gratuity added to those packages as well. So know that. Like if you see the price of a beverage package, when you see your total – there's going to be a gratuity added to that. Um, Norwegian, for example, has a promotion where they're offering free beverage package. But then people are like, but my cruise just went up by $200. Mm. That's because of the gratuity and the service charges. So what is so the, that. what's the advice? If you can prepay gratuities, do you think? I don't know that it's that important. They're adding it to your well, onboard account anyway. My advice is this. If you're booking a cruise, please consider the gratuity as part of the cost of the cruise. It's not an afterthought. It's not if you have enough money left because pricing for the cruise, the people that are helping you all week, the people who are there to make sure you're having a great time, they're relying on these gratuities. Well, also the importance of prepaying your gratuity is that you're not on that nine and a half hour line the last night of the cruise at guest services. Um, You'll see that the last night of a cruise, everyone who did not prepay the gratuity and didn't think about doing it the other six days of their sailing 
are down at guest services and the line, they'll have like ropes up yeah. and you'll see the snakes and line. that's people who are settling by cash. If you've got a credit card on your account, because they automatically add them now to your stateroom account, you don't have to do that anymore. But if you're, if you're and we'll talk about that later on. That'll tell you how accounts. long it's been since I've had to do it. So. Yeah. But also, too, that along those lines, there are people who may want to split. And right. pay on different credit cards. All I of that can't, takes I've not been on a cruise yet where I've not been at guest services and somebody's been at guest services asking to have the gratuities removed. removed yeah. I would also rec- um, add to the list of people a concierge. Concierge, yes, if you are staying concierge level. That's true. Um, there is separate gratuity. You're not going to see anywhere a suggested amount for them. That varies a lot, and I think it varies based on how much assistance the concierge you provided ask of for them. you. Right. Yeah. All right, so uh, there's also planning that has to be done before you even get to the cruise. Yes, I mean, yeah. So let's go with yeah. So let's like to me the the transfers, the gratuities. These are kind of the nuts and bolts right. of it. Um, you know, when you start talking about your pre pre cruise planning, people want to know what's included in a cruise, what's not included in a cruise. Um, you know, are all of my meals are included? What ones do I have to pay for? So this is part of your pre cruise planning. Whatever cruise line you book with, um, they're going to have. Their website is going to where you're going to go for your planning. So Disney is unique in that you can basically do no planning until 75 days before. You can look and you can dream and you can imagine and you can read about it. And you can go to the boards, but you can't do anything as a new cruiser until 75 days before your sale date. So at that point is when it opens up for you to be able to, you know, if you wanted to book Palo or the specialty dining, register the kids for Kids Club. So Disney's unique in that. With the other cruise lines, there is already, like I could book a cruise now for a year out on another cruise line, and I might be able to book shore excursions already. I may be able to book some specialty dining, some not. It all kind of trickles in over the course as you get closer to the cruise. There's not a steadfast rule. It seems to me to be 90 to 120 days, sometimes a little longer than that. I can, Or I could book beverage packages in advance. I can. There's different things that I can do as I prepare for my cruise. What is different with other cruise lines, if you are booking excursions, specialty dining, they want, price, they want the cost up front paid. Whereas with Disney, right. if you're booking Palo, you're not paying for it until you're on board. If you're booking shore excursions, it's added to your onboard account. With other cruise lines, you're paying in advance. Yeah. So there's really no harm in them offering it earlier. You're paying for it. So you're not locking up space. So is, it, is, is it safe to say that all cruise lines now have a website where you can yeah. you sort of check Certainly in online? All the if they don't, ones. don't get on that <laughs> ship. Really yeah. Steve's I mean, cruise line. Maybe some of the higher-end, smaller vessel luxury ships don't. But any of the mainstream cruise lines, they all do. And that's they so have, you can check in, yeah. perhaps put a credit card down. And check in. The online check-in is always going to happen closer to sale date. Um, and your planner, and Royal Caribbean calls it a My Cruise Planner, um, it kind of gives you a timeline of when you can start doing things. Um, but they all have a website for planning after you've booked. So if you were to book with Dreams, you have two reservation numbers. You have a Dreams reservation number where we keep track of the financial details of your cruise, and you have a cruise line reservation number, and that's the number that you use on the cruise line's website to start your planning. So what's included? Meals are included. You don't have to pay extra for any meals if you don't choose to on all cruise lines. Um, 
for the most part, non-alcohol, like basic beverages. You might get coffee and tea with meals. There might be um, iced tea, iced tea water, maybe juices, some lemonade, lemonade, things like that. Those would be included. Uh, Disney's the only cruise line that I know of that includes soda. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe any of the others no. will do that. Um, Is Royal so- Caribbean included at dinner? No. no, you still have to have the. Yeah. You still have to show your card. You do. So there's no soda. But you still have to show that you bought a beverage package. Right. You bought the soda package. Yeah. And so you know there are some drinks included, but if you want soda, you're going to pay for it everywhere, but with Disney. Um, some other cruise lines will have drink stations yeah, just, around I, the ship. Yep. You're going to pay. You're not going to pay for your soda at meals. At meals, correct. If you want a soda at any other time. Yeah. Unless there is you a go beverage, to the, there yes. is a beverage station, but if you're up on by the pool and don't want to walk over, if you're to the getting beverage, it from a bar, yeah, yes. You have if you prefer it. canned soda, you're going to pay for canned soda um, because what you're getting is a fountain soda. Um, so there are instances like that. And also, when it comes to your food and your meals, it's not just you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, there's usually snacks available during the day. Mm-hmm. We talked about there's a difference now in room service, but most. Disney Cruise Line room service is free. So food's available all day long. You don't have to worry about just waiting for breakfast, lunch, and dinner to have your free meal, quote-unquote. Now, I would want to say that if you're going to order room service, if you're already ordering anything through room... I'm going to start again. If you are ordering anything through room service that has been brought onto the ship prepackaged, you are going to pay for that. If candy, like candy, soda, cookies, right. soda yep. by beer, bottled water. You are going to pay for that through room service. That is not include. Well, it is on the room service menu. It is not There's complimentary. There'll be a charge next to it. You'll know yeah. that you're being charged for that. Some cruise lines are still doing uh, mini bars in the rooms, um, so there would be obviously charges for that. Uh, most of your entertainment, a lot of your entertainment on board is included. Um, so you know whether it's shows or you know bingos happening or trivia and things like that. You know pool activities; these are all included. Um, bingo is not included. Well, I'm sorry, the game. Yeah, it's not. You pay extra for bingo. You're right, but you pay for your cards and. Generally speaking, ge- most yeah. of the, virtually, you know, you may do a wine tasting that they're going to charge you for. Exactly. But most of the activities right. on any cruise ship are included right. with your fare. Tracy right. makes Chris sit in the back of bingo and not play, and she tells him <laughs> this is free. <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's this. That was for Chris. So I tell him, no, it's free. It's included. Oh, it's included. <laughs> Everything's included. Way to go. <laughs> the casino's included. Yeah, the casino's free. They look. They gave me all these chips. <laughs> when I buy something, I tell John it was free I just, uh, for money. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else am I missing? That's included. So think about. Um, and depending on uh, you know sometimes hours, but like kids' activities, right. Especially Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, so with Disney Cruise Line, you wouldn't pay anything extra for the children's clubs unless the kids are young enough to use the nursery, um, so under a certain age, and that there is a charge for that. Um, Some of the other cruise lines, there are free times for the kids' clubs, but after a certain time, you may pay by the hour, or for special activities, you may pay. um, Housekeeping is included in your... Yeah, so things like that. What can you expect to pay for? So shore excursions, um, these are paid for those are not included in the cost uh, we talked about your gratuities your transportation any alcohol whether you buy a package or whether you buy it by the drink it's not included specialty dining specialty dining so what specialty dining is you know on like a, a disney Paolo. ship it's palo yeah uh, or remy right on royal caribbean on an oasis class ship there's 
There's six, too many. Seven, <laughs> right. Eight, right. Too many and you pay a options. nominal fee. It's not the it's not the same cost well, as Remy if you were to go. Well, is $95 yeah. a person. So yeah, that's 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 significant. That's significant. Yeah. yeah. But even it's the, also it's yeah. also Michelin star right. dining. So even even the Royal Caribbean ship, I was surprised at how much like chops went up. Yeah. So it can be quite pricey. Um, chops was up to like $40 a person, right? Yeah. Like and that. then I don't know, I didn't pay. <laughs> Uh, um, I had a genie. Bazinga. Um, <laughs> Kevin mentioned the prepackaged stuff. If you order room service, right. uh, like Disney, you can go to the movies. Oh, yeah. And you can buy popcorn, mm-hmm. would be there. Uh, packaged candies like M&M's, things like that you might pay for. That's an included thing on Disney, too, is the movies. First run movies yeah. in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. That's a real unique thing to Disney as well. When we go on cruises, I always think if I could take the things I love from right. a Disney cruise and cram them to the things I like mm-hmm. of another cruise line, I could make the perfect cruise. And one of the things we always talk about is Disney's movie theater. Mm. No, it's uh, great. All ships have a spa. So spa is something that you would pay for extra. Most ships now also have some kind of specialty coffee area. We might go mm-hmm. and you might get a quote-unquote Starbucks-style coffee. That you'd have to pay for. But if you wanted regular coffee, that's included. Something else to mention a first time is about the spa. And a, a lot of things that you can book online. Um, you might go in if you don't get into that window. Especially, this is especially true on Disney. And see, sold out, sold out, sold out. Remember, keep in mind that they hold back mm-hmm. a certain number of spots and reservations for people who are not booking online. So even if you don't get what you know the spa appointment you want, as soon as you get on the ship, go right to the spa, and chances right. are you're going to get what you want. I would say want. that with Pal a lot of times, too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And also with the spa, um, if you're not particular about what type of treatment you're looking for, but you know you want to try it, when you get on board, I always wait to see what specials they're offering. They often have you know support day specials or a three-for special, so maybe you could try it that way as well. Not I've also seen specials if you're willing to come off hours, if you're yep. willing to come early in the morning or later mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. Yeah. So keep that the in mind as well. The other thing that's, some other stuff that's not included is think of anything that would be extra. Like um, when we go to Castaway Key, we get a cabana. There's an extra charge mm-hmm. for a cabana. Royal Caribbean does the same thing for their private island. Anything you would buy in a shop. Right. However, you can go on any cruise and just pay what you pay to get on the cruise and still have a good time. Yeah. There's no reason why you have to pay for anything. You know, you stop in the ports, getting on and off the ship is free. You don't have to have a shore excursion. So, you know, people say, well, you know, that's where they get you. They nickel and dime you. You don't really have to. And I was a little bit, you know, Bugsy Malone there. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) You know, but you don't have to do any of these things. Get a Mickey. (laughs) You can easily eat in the restaurants. You can easily enjoy what the ship has to offer and not pay additional to your cruise price. So, that's the point. And also with. um Shore excursions. People ask. I think they get caught up in thinking they have to do a shore excursion at every port. I don't buy into that at all. I am. I don't do a lot of shore excursions when I travel, especially through the cruise line. There's some exceptions. I think Alaska is a place where, you know. See, now I disagree with you on that. And for first-time cruisers, for people that have done cruising before and have seen, like you know, I can't count the number of times I've been to the Caribbean. So I know that there are some ports. Like St. Martin. I'm going to shop. I'm not right. going to do a, sh- a shore excursion. But if it's your first time, right. unless shopping is like the reason you're going on a cruise, then I think it's important to – because if you just see what's at the port, you're going to be kind of disappointed 
with a lot of these places. Unless you're shopping. <clears throat> well, even then, sometimes, depending on where you are. But I think some of these shore excursions really do kind of give you a, a look into this place. Yeah. John Someday. and I usually do a shore excursion if we have not been someplace before. Mm-hmm. If it's our first time there, most places offer what they call the island tour or the port tour where you're going to get an overview of what you're seeing. We'll do something like that. But I remember on one of our first cruises, we did a shore excursion to see the ruins at Tulum. I loved it. I would not do it again. It's not something right. I have to do every time, but I'm really glad I did it. So there are certain things that and you really... See, what I rather do um, is do my own thing. So I may still go see the island, but I might get a taxi when I get off to do that. Now, I just want to say for first-time cruisers, if you are on a ship-sanctioned shore excursion Mm. and there's some reason that that excursion is delayed, the ship will wait for you. Mm -hmm. If you book your own shore excursion with a third party and that is uh, delayed for some reason, you had better figure out how you're going to get to the next stop. Because the ship is leaving. And, and yeah, uh, that's so important because uh, I think a lot of people don't know that. That if you're not on that ship, if you're, if you're on your own excursion, let's say you just want to go shopping in St. Martin, and you lose track of time, and you don't get back on that ship in time, not only are they leaving without you and all your stuff, but you are responsible for the cost mm-hmm. of getting yourself wherever it is you need to get, either to the next port or back home. And if you don't have your passport with you, oh. that's kind of hard to do. It is. Um, that's actually really – that actually leads into another great conversation. Are you done with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to make sure you got everything. Let's talk about what documents should people have with them for a cruise because there's always a discussion of do you need just your birth certificate? Do you need a passport? What should first-time cruisers know about documentation? For that, I'm sorry, for that specific reason right there, have a passport. Right. You are going uh, going into a foreign country. Unless you are doing Norwegian's Pride of America, which just does the Hawaiian Islands, you are leaving the United States. And you, if you don't have a passport and something happens, even if it's an illness and they have to take, take you off the ship... To we bring had you to that a on hospital. one of our group cruises. It's happened. Yeah. <clears throat> I've seen it happen. It's not in every cruise, but often. it's often enough. And if you don't have a passport, you're now in a foreign country without documentation. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the official rule then. So the official rule is that if you are on a closed loop cruise, closed loop means you are departing and arriving back to the same U.S. port. That's a closed loop cruise. If you are on a closed loop cruise, a passport is not mandatory. Not being mandatory does not mean it's not a good idea. Right, exactly. Right? <laughs> There's a difference between minimum requirements and what you should do. Um, so minimum requirement is an original birth certificate. And I know some cru- some there's some discussion out there. Well, I can just take a photocopy. I can do this. You can do whatever you want, but the cruise line has really? final say right. as to whether you get on that they ship or not. And or for not. a while, it said it had to have a raised seal on it. It does. Yeah. Well, this is a, a point I want to make to folks. Um, uh, the, the 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 laws have uh, have adapted as Homeland Security has changed. Um, if I would recommend to everyone that you get a copy of your birth certificate issued. If you're going to do the birth certificate thing, get it issued by the state, not by the municipality where you were born. And I'll tell you why. When I went to get my passport renewed, 
my birth certificate was from Hudson County, New Jersey. Federal government will not accept uh, birth certificates issued by Hudson County because there was a problem with them being stolen. Mm-hmm. And so the only way I could get my passport renewed was to get a birth certificate from the state of New Jersey, raise seal, and that's the one I keep with me now. So it's a good idea just to be on the safe side. They're never going to turn down a birth certificate issued by the state. They may turn it down if it's issued by the county. So that would be my recommendation. If you are going to do this with a birth certificate, which I don't recommend no, doing. Say, that's the bottom line for me. But if you are, don't get a state-issued birth certificate. Yeah. You do not want to find and out. bring when the you're... original. You can make <laughs> copies to leave at home, but travel with the original. Have to. I and would also... also tell you that's true with your passport. Mm-hmm. We, Whenever we travel anywhere, we bring our passports with us, but I have a color copy of our passports in another part, in a different piece of luggage, tucked away in a pocket. I also have a photo of it on my phone. And get a password, people. uh, But in addition to the, let's finish up first. Just in addition to the birth certificate, adults also need government issued photo ID. So it's not just your birth certificate. You need the photo ID, and it has to be valid. You can't show an expired driver's license. Um, It has to be valid photo ID. So that's your minimum requirement. Now. We're only talking closed-loop cruises here. As soon as you're talking about other countries, you're sailing, you're doing Alaska from Canada, you're into passport situations now. Um, You know, if you're sailing from Seattle to Alaska, uh, officially U.S. residents technically don't need a passport for that because they're crossing by on a closed-loop cruise. But in Skagway, if you're going to take the train trip up into the Yukon, you're crossing the border. You need a passport. You need for a that passport. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of ways and reasons why it comes back to you need a passport. And nobody travels thinking that the emerg- an emergency is going to happen or the worst is going to happen. But if you hear nothing. And we also get the question, passport book versus card. And there's book. a lot of questions about that. I say get the book because the book's yeah. going to take you everywhere. Yeah. Well, the card is going to take you by land and sea only, which isn't going to help you on a cruise. Well, what's if ha- you're in an right. emergency situation, have to fly home. Well, what's what's starting to happen is there are a number of scenarios where they will simply not accept the card. Yeah. So uh, the card is good as maybe. Um, you know, like let, photo ID for somebody who doesn't have a driver's license. I yeah. can see it. That I purpose. can see that. But if you are if 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 you are leaving the United States, if you are leaving the United States, have a proper passport. And I would tell you that's even more true now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Spend the money. Take the time to do it. It's not a hard process. It's Adults' passports last for ten years. Right. Children last for five. Right. Because they change so much over that time. All right. Excellent. So let's go on to packing. Um, A lot of times people want to know, what should I pack for my cruise? Should I pack my ball gown? Should I pack a tuxedo? Is it all right if I just have um, uh, a bathing suit every day? Chris Heinrichs. (laughs) What can I borrow? (laughs) What can I borrow? Still one of the funniest stories ever. Really? So let's, let's talk about what we would tell folks to pack. And obviously this, again, is a personal decision. Please don't take what we say as gospel, and please don't write to me and go, I can't believe you forgot to tell me to pack X, Y, and Z. This is just from our experience. So what do you guys say? Well, the first thing you want to know is what are the dress, what's the dress code for your cruise line? Each cruise line will have a variety 
of rules around dressing. I would say most are going more casual than they used to be. Um, and some will still have a dress up, and it's more of an uh, not an alternate, more of an a option. Suge- an option. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. You're welcome. It's more of an option than mandatory now. So you will still see ball gowns and tuxes. I think they're fewer and far farther between. Right. I think if this is how you would like, how you interpret formal wear, and that's how you would like to to dress for dinner or on, for a certain night, please do it because I enjoy watching people dressed up. Yeah. But just because I don't choose to, that's okay, too. You know, like, I tend to be on the more casual side. Mm-hmm. I'm very respectful, and I'm not wearing cutoffs, and I'm, my bikini's not going to dinner. Or on anything, dress but. up night, on formal night, John and I have been known to either order room service or go get a burger on deck. Mm-hmm. We choose or alternatives. not yeah. to participate in right. renting a tux or buying a tux. Only because that's not how we enjoy right. traveling. Right. So what we do is we make other arrangements. There's a I, buffet. I would like to go back and show the picture of Tracy in cutoffs and her bikini <laughs> top. If we could bring that up yes. on the screen. We should you really that. have Dukes to decide hazard. how your family <laughs> – stop. Huh? Now pretend she's a penguin. Um, you really have to pretend – or you have to decide – you don't have to pretend anything – how your family is going to enjoy their vacation. If you're going to enjoy getting everyone dressed up for dinner, that option is available to you. Right. If you want to wear jeans and a collared shirt to dinner, that option is available to you on most cruise lines. I would tell you that on almost all cruise lines, if you've got a pair of, for men, a pair of khaki pants and a polo shirt, it's going to take you far. You've met the requirement from almost everywhere. Yeah. Now I know places like uh, Remy. Does Remy require a jacket? I. I, I don't know. I've only eaten there once, I and it was a they, brunch. Yeah, I, know, I think they did. I don't know that it's changed. I don't some, know 100% that some it has. Some restaurants might require a right. jacket. Like Remy's even no jeans. No jeans. Right. So you got to be aware of the dress code specifically right. for your cruise. But for men, I, I can't speak to women because I don't know what the equivalent of khakis and a polo shirt is for a woman. Capris and a blouse? I say, you know. Yeah. Slacks and a nice blouse. Would yeah. that be an equivalent? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. If you've got that. You are 95% of the way there. Yeah. And so I would just say, typically on a cruise, you're going to wear something to dinner differently than you wore all day. In most cases. Not always. Unless but, you decide to eat burgers right. or chicken tenders. But or generally speaking, most people are changing for dinner. So keep that in mind. So during the day, you want to be wearing comfortable clothes. I would suggest... Um, if using the pools and things is what you're going to do, I would suggest bringing a couple bathing suits. Yes. You know, so one is drying out while you're using that. It's not like... <laughs> Putting on a wet bathing suit. Right. Oh, exactly. Worse. So, I mean, I would bring a couple bathing suits, um, you know, comfy walking shoes for Appro- port. And appropriate water shoes for the pool. Yep. Yep, comfy uh, shoes. Comfy, big, big, yeah, you big know. Point there. Because there could be some ports, some shore excursions. You could be, you know, walking more. Bring your sunscreen and things like that. It's not being provided to you. Um, I do want to say that um, I know some people are probably going to freak out, but if you really didn't want to, you didn't, you wouldn't have to pack things like a shampoo, right? Because those are provided and soap are provided by the cruise line. I know some of us are picky, right, about our shampoos and things. If yeah, if you have your own, 
obviously that you prefer you would bring it um most cruise lines now are not giving you shower gel so and if, if you you're like a, me a hair anyone, iron just pick one up and <laughs> anyway, or a flat anyway, iron a flat iron is <laughs> yeah. that what it's called yeah. hair iron you tried to be cute miss the mark just slightly <laughs> would have been funny if you got it right I get, yeah. really yeah. Wah, wah, wah. but here we go another win <laughs> win for tracy <laughs> also um i also want to point out too that don't freak out if you've forgotten something like a toiletry. These are available on right. the cruises, on the ship, in the stores. You may not get your brand. Limited number of them. You may not but get But you can usually find expensive. some. Yeah, so right, like, I, I forgot my toothpaste. What am I going to do? You can find toothpaste. Right. You can find sunscreen. Band-aids, um, Q-tips. Right, a certain limited number of medications, aspirins, and things like that. And I would suggest as well, if you have over-the-counter medication that you prefer, I would bring your own. Right. You know, for especially if you're coming, like, I come from Canada. So a lot of our brands are different than what you would buy in the U.S. So, you know, we bring our own. And that's going to um, be different than what you would find in Mexico also. Right. Um, the other she thing, likes her Excedrin A. <laughs> oh, that was bad. It was. <laughs> bad. Grown. <laughs> um, motion sickness. That brings motion sickness medications. Uh, there's a big variety in that as well. So motion sickness is something we get asked a lot about. And um, I think... I would like to just say, though, I want to... I'm hoping that people will not overpack. Yes. I think that's one of the things we see yes. the most of is people, you know, not... I'm not saying just women because men do it. I've brought, you know, seven or eight pairs of shoes. Right. And you think, really? You don't really right. need seven. I say put everything out you want to pack and then put a third of it away. And you're probably still going to yeah, have more than you need. don't make that third like all your underwear and socks. <laughs> 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 yeah, don't do that. Because you cannot borrow those on board no, for you cannot. <laughs> Um I would tell you that, you know, you would need a day outfit and you would need an evening outfit and you would yeah. need a bathing suit. Yeah. Day outfit when you're in ports, depending on mm-hmm. if it's a cold port or a warm port, you're going to need. I would say as well, uh, even if you're going on a warm weather cruise, bring a sweater. For the evenings, you know, it can be cool on the, the ship. If you're in that theater, the air conditioning yeah. can be high. Inside and, and if out. if you've so. been outside and your skin is warm from the sun, you're going to feel the cool even more. Right. And I would also tell you that every cruise line will suggest that you pack a day bag for boarding the ship. Mm-hmm. If you have children, I would make sure that there were swim shoes and a bathing suit for each child in your day bag. Because when you get on the, the ship, there are those beautiful pools the kids are going to want to use and your but, regular luggage won't show up until later that right, evening. you might not get your luggage till later in the day you should keep your medication you can should keep your financial stuff with you so any of your valuables like i would keep for example my laptop with me your jewelry it would be in my carry-on mm-hmm. um you know the ipad cameras anything of value i'm not um checking through. let's talk about luggage tags Okay. When you get your cruise documents, so now you've you've checked in online, you know you're you're ready to go. It's getting closer. Um, Disney Cruise Line is the only company left that still mails actual physical cruise documents out. Everybody else does it online. They're called e documents, e docs. Um, with Disney Cruise Line, it's kind of more of a token because you really don't need them. You're still checking in online. Everything you need is there, um, but they still mail you a, a booklet. Yeah. Um, with that comes luggage tags. Other cruise lines use luggage tags as well, but you print them and then wrap them and staple them. It's like an arts and crafts project. And And I am going to tell you something, a little, a hidden fact. If you don't get your luggage tags, do not panic. Oh my God, yes. Do not panic. The porters who take your luggage when you are about to board the ship will put a luggage tag on your bag. Right. Yeah. 
they'll know, they'll figure out where your stateroom is, they'll make sure it gets to your stateroom. Right. Now you're going to have checked in online and you're going to have that paperwork with you and you're going to show it to them and they're going to be able to read your stateroom number and they will tag your luggage to go to the right stateroom. So I'm hoping that this saves a lot of people a great deal of panic. Yeah, I didn't get my cruise documents, Disney Cruise Line. They're really not that important. No, they're really irrelevant. They're irrelevant to the point where Disney will not even resend them Yeah, if you didn't get them. We're going to get to the point where they're going to stop that as well. Yeah, I would th- I'm surprised they haven't already, actually, because yeah. they are, really are the only ones left, I think, that do it. I mean, maybe some of the higher, the higher, more independent lines will still do it, but it's in the mainstream cruising and business. They're the only ones left. You just said, I just caught it. It is at Arts and Crafts Project to it put is. a Royal Caribbean luggage tag on your back. And so if you are using luggage tags, whatever cruise line you're with... Remember that you're not putting them on your bags until the point where your bags are now going to the ship. Mm. So, for example, if you're flying in the night before, don't put your luggage tags on. The airline doesn't they, care. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you never know like at what point they're pulling bags. Yeah, it, could, you it, it wants to be your last too. step. So if and you're at a hotel the night before, put your luggage tags on as you're leaving the hotel. And if you're taking Disney's transportation, you still have to go get your own luggage. Right. Disney's not going to the luggage carousel and snatching your luggage for you, so that luggage tag doesn't mean anything. Some other things with the packing. Um, some things not to bring. Don't bring extension cords, power bars, um, a power bars iron. At, power bars as in? Power strips. Power, power strips. Strip. Yeah. So what's as happened? As opposed to like a cliff bar. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> bring the energy no bar. <laughs> that's true. All that's cruise funny. lines now have banned... People from bringing on these power strips, these power bars, the the extra plugs, um, they feel it might be a fire hazard. They don't want you plugging 47 things into one outlet. And I get that perhaps you were lucky and they didn't take yours away from you. So I understand that this might not apply to you. But for the most part, they will confiscate them. Right. So be aware of that. They're going to take your power strip away from you. Don't even bother bringing it. There is no no um, clothes iron, like not Correct. even a travel iron is allowed in your stateroom. Uh, Disney Cruise Line does have self-serve laundry. Again, somewhat unique. Very uh, unique. For other cruise lines, they have laundry service. Right. So you could pay either to have your laundry dry cleaned or cleaned, or they also have a pressing service, which I often use on the first night. So if there's things that you Usually the first night in, is complimentary. No, not where I stay. <laughs> Not in the part of the ship I sleep in. I can't have help two it. separate shows. From I now can't on. help it that you sleep in a closet down near the waterline. For the most part, it's not actually. Um, on Royal in, Caribbean on, in a suite, it's in, usually like exactly. right before formal night. Right, they'll do a complimentary exactly. press. Um, generally speaking, for the rest of us, the yeah, exactly. That's how <laughs> Chris, come lay down and iron the clothes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you can send, and the pressing is usually like half of what washing it would cost. So often it's costing us 2 or $3 to have a shirt pressed. It's worth it. You know, just send it off in the beginning of the week, have it pressed, it's hanging in the you closet. You have the shirt time. I know. Yeah. Terrible. I know. Uh, I don't want to step on the third rail of, uh, you know, doing your hair, but there is a hair dryer yes, in your stateroom. There is. It may not be your... It's I don't not want to talk the, about hair care products know, anymore. If you have, I'm my, now that my hair is shorter, it's not so bad. But I still travel with my own. Right. But and I, I have people ask, is the hair dryer good enough? I say, if you have kind of thick hair where it takes a while, probably not. Mm. Um, but it's most not people one. can get it. Yeah, it's not a very strong one. But I think people can but get away. Most with people it. could get away yeah. with it. I think. I would also tell you that anything that involves an open flame, Correct. do not no bring candles. your own candle. Yeah. You just don't. Right. Um, John, some of the other things to 
in the dreams baskets, you know, some of those those nice yeah, goodies for Disney a, Cruise Line. We did a show where we came from the Welcome Center. We showed you our Welcome Center and our gift bags. Um, some of the things that we are sending to our Disney Cruise Line clients we think are helpful, and we want you not to have to go out and get them yourselves. Tracy talked about self-serve drink stations. When you go to the self-serve drink stations on a Disney Cruise Line, you get Dixie Cup. <laughs> and you got to go back 42 times. <laughs> or stand there and just keep refilling. Just keep filling it to quench your thirst. We give you a tumbler. If you're not booked through Dreams Unlimited Travel, you might want to bring your own tumbler. Um, so we tried to think of some of the things that would help you on your cruise that be, you could bring, but also we send it to you in a nice little bag, so that's easy to pack and put in your Something suitcase. that on a Disney cruise, you get the uh, the Navigator, which is the schedule of events for each day. And it it's very... There's a lot of information. It's like, it's like the guide. old TV guide. Yeah. That's right. It's like an old TV guide. And each of your different age children might want to do something else. So one of the things in the Dreams Basket is a highlighter with four or five different colors on it. Right. So that each child can have their own color and they can highlight, you can highlight what you think they would want to do. Activity you want to do for that um, day, yeah. One of the best things everybody tells me they love from our baskets is we have these clips with a magnet on the back There's of There's one over there. And they are great if you're um, if you're the blinds in your I know your that state. works really well. <laughs> that was a great visual. <laughs> Hang on, I'll go get it. No, don't go get it. Okay, um, you're gonna ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's a magnet on the back of it, and it's great if you're blind. Okay, or you're, go get that thing. Your uh, your drapes won't stay shut. It's on this side of the Kevin. Keep talking because the camera's on you. And okay, Kevin. it holds your drape shut. It, uh, we if you were hanging up. If you were trying to hang up a wet bathing suit, it acts. There you go. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's very very Thank very you, subtle. Thank you, rock producer Craig. Well, I, I forgot this, I had a camera. This on was me. worth it, right? <laughs> Did this you is, see you throw like that? This is that's what I'm talking about. It's all, and there's a magnet on the back of it, so it's great for Hold hanging it up. up again. It's great for hanging up notes, for using it as a clothespin. It holds the drapes together. You mentioned that. You I did. The back of your metal door. Yep. Um, things like that. We're trying to make sure that we include some things that you might not have thought of yourself. But if you're not booked with dreams and you you know, want some of these tips of things to bring, you know, this works really well. Um, this serves a lot of purposes on a ship. We, we give everybody a, a little flashlight. Like a, when you go on your keychain, you would be surprised at how dark those staterooms can be at night. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who might have to get up and use the restroom, this little flashlight will help you get around without turning the lights on. So think about you know those, just those little things that would make your cruise You also may want to bring a travel clock. A lot of staterooms don't have a clock in them. Well, they had a clock, but it was that old propeller that yes, you had to had turn. You couldn't see in the dark. <laughs> you, had, you had to turn every light in the stateroom on to read it. That's true. I think nowadays people with their smartphones and things like that right. you know, can just open the phone no. or right. turn the phone on. No, that's not it. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to turn your, your smartphone on because you don't want to pay for roaming charges. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. You know you can set that a certain way so you could still get the clock out of it, right? <laughs> Do you so, want me to help you? Again, packing is a personal thing. You don't, we don't want to tell you exactly what to pack or not to pack. We hopefully we yeah, just you some Chances tips. are you don't need as much as you thought you did. Exactly. That's kind of the, the point. Um, also, you want to know about your cruise line's 
alcohol policy or bringing your own beverages on board. Some will allow a little bit, some will allow none. So if this is something that you're interested in doing, you just want to know the policy of the cruise line that you're sailing. And I was going to tell you not to get into that, just tell them to go to the the cruise line website because it might change 10 minutes. The Caribbean seems to change all the time. They they all do. They all do. It's all If you're traveling on Viking, Viking encourages you to bring your own. Just saying. On the river cruises for Mm -hmm. sure. So we touched on uh, bringing a uh, carry-on on embarkation day let's talk a little bit more about what people can expect on embarkation day because they think that this is a something that confuses a lot of folks right. i don't you know what am i doing where am i going so now whatever you've decided for transfers however way you've decided you're getting to the ship you've arrived at port she went back too far <laughs> so at port when you arrive the first thing you're going to do is there's going to be somebody to take your luggage from you and if you point. haven't put on a luggage tag they're going to put one on right. for you this is the time that that happens and then your luggage will show up in your room later in the day um, sometimes late late in the day depending on how you where you are in the process so you know you want to have the stuff in that carry on that Kevin was talking about you want all those valuables your meds the bathing suits for the kids is a great idea because they're really going to think about getting in that pool so once your bags go from that point very important make sure you have your travel documents with you in your carry-on your passports your check-in documents whatever you need at the port have it with you now i just want to say that because we've talked about the fact that luggage can get there very late that night almost all um clothing requirements dress codes are just off for the first night. Yeah, the first night you will see people casual. come up, show up in t-shirts and shorts, and it usually just means that their luggage hasn't arrived in time for dinner. And so then the question becomes, what time do I arrive at port? And you'll hear two different opinions at this table, because oh, I know you guys prefer to arrive later, and I'm as early as I can get. As the boat is pulling away, I would like to put my <laughs> foot on the boat. And there are two reasons. I, I don't. I had to have no reason to go and stand in line. Right, and there's usually a line as the ship as the and, ship opens. Yeah, and for, for some people, I apologize for interrupting, yep. but for some people, your their cruise starts at the terminal. Right, and especially for Disney Cruise Line mm-hmm. because the terminal is beautiful and there is Disney characters and there are things to do there. People want to go early. It's right. just a personal. Preference. I like to be. I don't like the line part of it, and often you're right. It is there in the beginning as it's the ship's clearing because the so the ship's arrived. People have gotten off. It's cleared customs. Now your crew has to prepare the ship for your cruise. So usually most cruise lines by 1130, 12, they're starting to board. So as people have been arriving through the morning, it, it does get a little bit hectic. And then that when that they first say, okay, it's time to board, there can be lines. It can be a while. Um, but what I like about it is being on that early. So I'm on on time. I'm having lunch on the ship. I've got time to... You'll time it, though, that sort of that initial push is done. Right. And now you can just sort of walk on the ship and still enjoy the things that are pre Now, chances right. are your stateroom won't be ready until 2 o'clock. So yeah. anything that you have with you, you have to keep well, with you. have to you. carry on. That's another so, reason why we like to ride yeah. a little later. And I like, um, you know, with Disney especially... Um, all cruise lines really but with Disney you can complete your your kids registration for the clubs it's a it's an open house at the children's clubs uh, especially if you have uh, special needs kids that you want to dis- discuss with the cruise counselors this is a great time to do it as things are just kind of starting to get away um, you know if you haven't booked all your specialty dining if you want to book some spa appointments I, I kind of call it housekeeping day you can kind of get all the business out of the way to you know, to right. begin your cruise. Yeah. And so these are all things that you can do that first day. And for everybody, and for a lot of people, it's about 
maximizing your time. So now, now the other side. Arrive about one one thirty. No line. You walk right up to the counter. You walk right up onto the ship. By the time you're on the ship, your stateroom is ready. You put your stuff down and you go to lunch. I don't have children. I don't book spot appointments, so it's not a problem. But that's how we do it. That way, we don't have to wait in line. There's no standing around waiting for them to clear anything. You show. You also up- get rid of that initial rush at lunch. Where everyone is headed to lunch for the first time, and there's this giant line, and none of them have ever eaten before. Right, exactly. The first time you've eaten in years, and every table, every seat is gone. We're able to get there a little bit later. But again, personal preference. Uh, In my opinion, my cruise doesn't start until the muster drill is over, for sure. Um, Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yep. Let's do that because we're going to talk about what happens when you're actually on board the ship, and this is an important aspect of cruising. You must go through the muster drill, the safety drill. On every and that cruise. means everybody in your party, right. no matter if they're 10 months old or 90 years old, they have to attend the muster drill. Want to tell what it is? What they the do. muster drill is um, – it's changed a lot over the years. You ha- used to have to show up wearing your life preserver, and they've kind of done away with that. You don't have to do that anymore. But you do uh, – on the back of your stateroom door, there will be a map showing you your best evacuation route. And on that, there will be a letter – and a number usually. And what that means is that letter and number correspond to a space on the ship. And that's where you would go in the event of an emergency. So your cruise starts out with you going there and they explain to you how to put on a life preserver. They explain to you um, if you have kids in a kids club that your kids will be brought to that in the event of an emergency. Your kids would be brought to that location so that you don't have to go running all over the ship. All it is is it's an explanation of the emergency procedures and policies that go along with sailing on a cruise ship. And they do take attendance. They do. So if you don't show up, you have to show you them your key to the world the card captain. and you get they swipe it. Uh, I would suggest if you have mobility issues, they turn the elevators off during the muster drill. So I would tell you to arrive at your location early. And afterwards, they turn while the elevators are off, they have people, the elevators are very crowded because everybody's going back to their, wherever they're going. I would tell you to plan on spending 10 minutes and letting the crowds thin. Exactly. Buster's drill is over. We're done. The cruise begins. Now, we're not going to go through a day-to-day, minute-by-minute of the cruise, but let's talk a little bit about things that go on on a cruise. Because that's what people say all the time. Well, why would I cruise? What happens on a cruise that's so special? Let's talk about dining first. So dining is um, it means different things on different cruise lines, how it's handled. Basically, there's traditional dining and something called my time dining or select dining, different cruise lines would call it different things. Traditional dining is the only dining that Disney has. Um, This is two seatings a night, early or late. What time early is, what time late is, can vary by ship. It can be as early as 5.15. It could be 5.30. The second one could be 8, 8.30. So as you can imagine on a Disney ship, I've got kids, I need the early. You and everybody else. So early dining fills up early on a Disney ship. Um, we can always wait list it. And I can tell you in almost like 99% of the time, it all works out in the end if you're just kind of patient with the process. Um, but for the but most part. But if that's part, a priority for you, make sure your agent knows that up front. Yeah. 
and we can wait list, you know, if you, we had to book you on second, we can wait list the earlier time. So this is traditional dining. So on a cruise line like Disney where they have nightly entertainment, uh, most nights for the big shows, they would have two shows a night. So people say, well, I can't eat early. I'm going to miss the show or, or vice versa. They show the shows twice. While you're having dinner, if you're on the early dining, the late dining folks are at the show. Right. At the show end, dinner's over, and it switches. Right. The late dining folks come to the dining room, and the early dining right. folks go to the show. And sometimes people will say to have adults a lot. I have a lot of adult couples that travel on Disney without kids, and they want to, you know, ways to maybe – not be so overwhelmed by all the kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I say that's one of the ways. Don't book early dining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you book early dining throughout the evening, you're traveling on the same schedule, schedule yep. as, the, the, as the younger going. families. Sure. Yeah. So that's traditional dining. Um, and then there's this, the My Time or Select, as I said, other Dynamic cruise lines. Dining. Yeah, other cruise lines will call it different things. This is more of a, and so Royal Caribbean, for example, I'll use them. They have My Time Dining and traditional. So if traditional is what you like. This is the same, kind of the same table every night, um, you know, with the same dining team. And usually with the same table mates, um, this is the same early and second seating. My time is more you're choosing when you want to time, when you want to dine. But you make a reservation or you go show up and stand in line. Right. So there's different ways to do that. So if you're on my time, you can choose to make your reservations at home as part of your pre-cruise planning that you're doing. You can choose to make your reservations once you're on board and make them for the entire time, or you can choose to make reservations by the day, maybe in the morning, you're going to make them for that evening, or you can make no reservations and show up and be seated at the next available table. So there's different ways. My time always works for me because I like that flexibility of schedule day by day. I'm hungry now. I don't want to wait till later. Right. Fuck. Yeah. So Even that's, though we don't eat in the dining rooms, we pick my time anyway. We just say, you know what, let's not take a seat from somebody else. Let's not Mm -hmm. worry about that. We're just going to do my time and we'll go do our own thing. Right. So one thing that is unique to Disney is something called rotational dining. So rotational dining, Disney has three very distinct restaurants on each of their ships. So rotational dining means you move from restaurant to restaurant each night. You don't have to make reservations for these. These are not, um, you don't choose ahead, well, which night am I going to be in each restaurant? This is all done automatically by Disney. So you will move with your table mates, your wait staff. You have the same table number in each restaurant and each night. So if you're on a three-night cruise, you would do each restaurant once. If you're on a four-night cruise, there will be one restaurant that would repeat. Seven-night cruise, obviously you're going to have every restaurant's going to repeat at least once with one doing it twice. So the rotational just kind of moves you through. And each restaurant will have its own its own theme and its own decor and something special happens. Yeah. Disney's unique in how they handle the dining rooms for sure. Right. Dining room. I, th- I think dining with Disney is part of the show, right? It is definitely part of the show. Yeah. I agree. And other cruise lines will have similar in that you'll have the same table and the same right. time every night, but you don't change restaurants. It's always right. in the same restaurant. Typically but they'll the- have a traditional restaurant and a my time restaurant. And the, uh, food changes, and the you know, of course, mm-hmm. the theme changes every night. Let's address very quickly the idea of table mates. This is something yes. that I get asked quite a bit. I don't want to sit with other people. Don't make me sit with other people. Can I have my own table? Um, yes, 
Maybe. Right. So Good answer. <laughs> how's that? So what happens with that is we can choose Disney Cruise Line especially. The other cruise lines are haven't really caught on to that. Like if you're my time, it doesn't matter. Because when you are making your reservation or when you're going to the podium um, to be seated, you could say, I want my own table. Um, but when you're traditional dining um, with other cruise lines, we can kind of try to select your preference. Two top, four to, top. Right. How many with Disney Cruise Line, we can request your own table in advance. Yeah, that's... Keyword being request. Right. Requests are not guaranteed. We can ask. We can't guarantee it. Disney has a lot more bigger tables and smaller tables. Right. What's really interesting to me is how cruising has changed. My first cruise was eh, over 25 years ago. The Mayflower? Yeah. <laughs> the Titanic. <laughs> and they, at that time... Everything was big tables, and the restaurant seemed to have more flow. Um, but now, when you go, I find when you go into a, a cruise restaurant now, it's almost all two tops or four tops, and it's kind of it's crowded a little bit. And it's interesting how people's in your dining mates used to be part of the cruise, and I know for some people it still is, but for the majority of people, they're like, no, I just want to eat by myself. We've had both so. experiences. We've had the experience where we sat with people we liked and made mm-hmm. friends with during the cruise, and we sat with people we didn't like during the cruise. However, the whole my time and additional restaurants has changed that. Has changed us. the face of the dining, The other I way think. you can guarantee this is travel with enough people to yeah. fill up a big table. Right. Yeah. Six yeah. So... Table, your own table, if this is something you want, mention it to your agent. It's something we can request. Try to make it happen for you. Just know that there's just there's no way to guarantee that up front. If you get on board, I always, the first day, I always go and I find my table number and I count. <laughs> I asked for a two-top. If, I'm at, if my table number has six chairs, there's always a place on board that first day where you can go for last-minute dining changes. Mm-hmm. And I just go and ask them to fix it. All right, uh, we're going really long. This is taking much longer than I thought. There's a lot of information to cover. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through too much more of uh, what you've called life on board right. the ship. Every cruise line is different. There's going to be shows and entertainment and different places to eat and all that stuff. Do some research for the cruise you're going to be on. But I do think the thing that's the most important is the whole idea of no cash on yes. the cruise. So let's cover that, yeah. and then we'll do disembarkation. All right. So with... The on board you have what's called a stateroom account, an onboard account. It's a cashless system. So whether you've given them a credit card to set this up in advance that gets charged to your credit card, or whether you are going to use cash once you get there, um, you have to set up an onboard account. So once your onboard account is set up, everything on board is charged to this account. So if you're ordering drinks, if you're booking shore excursions, if you're signing for a gratuity. Making purchases in the shop. Yeah. Everything is charged to your onboard account. So um, I, the only thing I can think of on board that you would use cash, and I think you mentioned this earlier, was I always like to have some singles. So if room service comes, yep. I just tip a couple dollars that way as opposed to signing for it. Right. When we get on a cruise ship, we usually have about 10 ones in Ten dollars in ones, yeah. and we put that in a drawer somewhere. So if you order yeah. room service, you have a couple dollars to give the 
That's right. And so that's something that I would use cash for. So, you know, if you book with Dreams, we give our clients an onboard credit for booking with us. And so people are very confused about that and what they can use it for. It can be used for anything charged to that onboard account. It's a credit on your account. It's a non-refundable credit. So be sure to spend it. Absolutely. There's no point in saving it. And what she means by that is when you get on the ship, you already have a negative balance. I'm just going to pick a round number and say it's $100. Your shipboard credit varies. You now have $100 worth of drinks or $100 worth of stuff in the store or $100 worth of shore excursions. You're starting with a negative balance, and that's how it works. And it just comes right off the top. So, you know, you've got this credit that we give you. You may have gotten a promotion from the cruise line where you've had a credit, um, but everything is charged to this stateroom account. Your gratuities go this way. I had mentioned earlier that um, gratuities can be added to your onboard account. This is that account I was talking right. about. One of the things uh, we get asked quite a bit is if I'm traveling with somebody and I want to separate my accounts, can we do that? Absolutely. Yes. The cruise line will make sure that your mm-hmm. room key is charging to your credit card and someone else's is charging to their credit card. You can also <clears throat> excuse me, set limits uh, for spending. Uh, some cruise lines will let you do you know, a child's account. If you're no, a teen and you want them to have yeah. a certain amount of leeway on the ship, right. you can set a dollar amount. Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, a lot more other stuff we could cover on board the ship. One more sure. thing about money. Okay. Just know um, when you're cruising, you don't necessarily need currency of the places you're visiting. This is especially true on, I'm thinking, a Caribbean cruise, things like that. If you're cruising to, an, like, Canada, you're cruising in Europe, you would need local currency. It would be to your benefit to have s- such. But if you're going to the Caribbean, all of these ports are taking U.S. dollars. Okay. So don't feel like you have to get some pesos because you're going to Mexico or um, – U.S. currency is going to take you through. Or credit cards. And we talked yep. about that on, on mm-hmm. our Travel Odds and End show. You know, make sure you've got a credit card that works other places. So, unfortunately, your your cruise now is now over. We've done all yep. the fun stuff we can do. And it's embarkation day. Or disembarkation or day. disembarkation day. I'm sorry. I want to step back. It's the night before disembarkation well, day. Well, I was just going to say, this is where, you know, the reverse Wizard of Oz happens. That's right. You go from color to black and white. And it goes to black and white. It's so the night sad. before you're uh, going to get off the ship. You're going to be asked to pack. And what they usually, cruise ships will ask you to have your luggage packed and outside your stateroom door by 10 or 11 at night. And that way they can organize it and get it off the ship early in the morning. Mm -hmm. I would also recommend where we told you to have a day bag getting on the ship, that you have a day bag getting off the ship so that your valuables are kept with you. But I would also recommend... Highly recommend that you make sure that you leave out travel clothes for the next day. We have all been on a cruise where we watch someone get off the ship in their pajamas. Yeah. If they're lucky in their pajamas. <laughs> some things have been improvised. We have seen people, we have heard of people who had then had to go through lust and found to wear something yeah. off the ship. We saw one woman wear a scarf. <laughs> she was wearing a scarf. Maybe that was her intended travel clothes. Okay. You don't know. <laughs> Stop judging. She, she packed light. Yeah. She did. So, um, Again, these are things that the cruise line will tell you. You don't really have to sort of 
be this prepared. You know, they'll tell you stuff, but you're having a good time. Right. And sometimes you forget. Yeah. You know, people will be like, oh my gosh, it's already 11 o'clock. I forgot to put my luggage out. So just be aware you have to get that luggage right. out. Right. And the thing is this you can decide time. not to put your luggage out, True. but you need to make sure that you're able to carry it off the ship because there's yeah. nobody to help you in the morning. The benefit of not putting your luggage out is, first of all, you don't have to worry about what you're packing and what you're leaving out, but you can also take it without waiting for it in the terminal. So what happens is if the cruise line is taking it for you from the night before, when you get off the ship, and and every ship will have a different process for this. Some you can just leave. Some will do it by color or number or code um, just because there's – they're staging the luggage. Also, it's going to um, how your luggage is numbered or on Disney ship charactered depends on what time you can get off the ship. That's what Tracy I think was getting at. Yeah, yeah. she didn't say it well though. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to say that. Yeah, right, you're going to disembark the ship according to when your luggage is ready. Right. I right. don't want the people with the last number getting off the ship first because your luggage is still on right. the ship. Right. So if you don't want to go through that process, you're in a little bit of a rush the next morning. Mm-hmm. Then you can carry your luggage off as well. Know a couple things. You must be able to carry it yourself. There's right. Elevators are difficult to get because everybody's getting off at the same time, so there could be a wait for an elevator. But it is an option, and we, we probably do it more often than we don't. Just we, we find it more convenient to do that. It depends on um, how much luggage you have and what you brought with you. We talked about having cash. I would suggest whether you're taking your own luggage off of the ship or whether you're picking it up in the terminal, I would suggest having cash and getting a porter as soon as you get to... Usually it's a warehouse-type place where your luggage is. I, first thing I do is I grab a porter. Tip him a couple bucks a bag. He know he. I tell him where you know what location, what number. He gets my bags right away for me, or I give them to him if I've brought them myself. He knows how to maneuver the line. He knows how to get me through customs. There's always yep. a customs line um, because, and it can be a long wait. He knows, and he he wants to get back in to help the next people. So you want a speedy exit with the least amount of hassle? Get one of these guys to help you. They know exactly what they're doing, and they're good at it. And, and they um, will take you right to your car. They will, yeah. If you if you're or parked the there, transfer bus or yeah, whatever, or whatever you bus. need, they'll take you right there. So. Uh, Real quick, you want just real quick about customs. You'll have to fill out a customs form. You will, and they'll usually give you that on the ship the night before. Yeah, it's usually the last one night. per family. Yep. And customs is a pretty easy process. You know, there'll be a place for you to list what you've purchased and things like that. And you get to the guy and just smile and be nice, and you'll right. get through customs easy. Don't act. You will twitchy. have to settle your onboard account. Um, Pete had alluded to the fact that there's that long line the, the last night. That's usually people who who um, are settling their account in cash, or they've got disputes, or by the end of the night they can't believe, or the end of the week can't <laughs> believe just how much they spent. So they need to make sure it's real. <laughs> About four o'clock in the morning on that last night, you're asleep, and all of a sudden you hear thud. That is your stateroom folio hitting the door, the floor just outside your door. If you're lucky, it fits under the little crack. Yeah, if it doesn't, it's <laughs> Or folds in the fish. Yeah. yeah, otherwise it's like ours and it's yeah. you know, and if you, like the phone book has I've arrived. seen this too, just about every cruise. If you've not settled your account, everybody has to scan their key to get off yeah. the ship. And I hear the ding and it's like, oh, guest services need you back on board. I almost got knocked down the last time I was on a cruise by a man who was irate that he hadn't settled his account and they made him go back. He almost knocked me over. Yeah. It's a good point. Uh, You're going to need to sort of check out of the cruise with your key for your stateroom key. So make sure you have that with you. Don't leave it in the stateroom. 
Don't yeah. destroy it. Right. And have it accessible. Have it out. Don't have it in your wallet somewhere where you've got to dig it out at the exit. Um, so you are going to need that when you leave the ship. We, did, we didn't talk about it, but when you get on the ship, you get a credit card a credit card sized key. That is your key to your room. That is your key for getting on and off the ship. That is your key for making purchases. It's yeah. pretty much everything. It's everything. Um, the other thing is people ask, when when do I leave the ship? What time do I get off? Can I have a leisurely breakfast? Generally, no. The ship wants you off. And that last morning, there's a shift. Mm-hmm. The cruise has ended. Like I said, it's like it turns black and white. Yeah, there's a shift in the way the staff is, the way that you're, you're herded off. It's, it changes. Because they are now in, we've got to get ready Turn for next cruise. Over mode and so i would say at the latest by nine you should plan that you're off sometimes a little later than that there is a breakfast that last morning um so they'll tell you based on your seating they'll give you or you know if there's a cruise line that doesn't have traditional seating they'll tell you you know where you can get breakfast that last morning so it is an option um but generally getting off is and a lot of times it's mostly continental breakfast yeah. kind of stuff it's a little hectic i will say disney is I find Disney's better than like Royal Caribbean for sure right. because a lot of times people have bonded with their state their um, servers so that that last morning is hugs and cries yes. and taking pictures right. so it seems a little bit more friendly. Right. Royal Caribbean is really Disney's kind of luggage cavern is also better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get off on Royal Caribbean is that last scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And with Disney as well it's not the same like when you're in Orlando or in Orlando in Port Canaveral um it's not the same. You have to wait like you do with other cruise lines because the, the warehouse where they're staging it is really large enough where they can For stage just about luggage. everything. Yeah. All right. We've covered quite a bit. Uh, we and isn't it that you can say that there's so, so much, much more, more we could have said? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot more we didn't cover. But I think we've got the, the highlights, the things that generally trip up. And uh, we get questions about from first-time cruisers. So hopefully, if you're thinking about a cruise, whether it's Disney or Royal Caribbean or some other cruise line. Stop worrying about your luggage tags. Really? Stop worrying about your luggage tags. We've given you enough information to enjoy your trip and not fret. So that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys for helping me and getting us the information. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. (laughs) 